Hello there, you're listening to the Park Crush Podcast. This is a Think Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? It's going well, thank you, Tom. How about yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. I've been pinged once again. I've been in close contact with coronavirus for what must be the 759th time. It's absolutely this... non-stop for you. It really is. It's. I mean, the only reason I still have the app on is that it allows me to sort of have every few days a brief moment of excitement because I think, oh, someone's messaged me. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it's just the NHS again telling me, watch out, COVID's about. Watch out, watch out. But I'm pleased to say that I still don't have COVID. It does feel like sod's law is I get all the way to within 10 days of Florida and then I get pinged and, oh, I actually also have COVID. Uh, Yeah, that sounds about right. Which will be truly devastating news, especially as the Magic Kingdom parade will be back by then, Josh. And maybe I can finally work up the courage to dance with the pretty princesses as I could have when I was a small child and I bottled it. (laughs) But hey-ho. Yeah, the Magic Kingdom Parade. It's going to be back on March the 9th. And you're telling me that you're still not going to go to Florida with your family this year? Uh, Yes, that is what I'm still telling you, Tom. I'm surprised we haven't had more complaints, frankly. I mean, I get the impression that Pastor John is as apoplectic as I am about this so-called Thing Park podcast host flat out refusing to go to theme parks but well, what can you do i think john can uh, rightly be uh, offended um i think you can come back and talk to me once you've been to more theme parks well look i i what well, i think i ju- doubled or trebled my uh, experience of uk theme parks in the in the last year and that's a pretty good ratio i, I don't think you've done similar Josh, but I'd only been to like two UK theme parks a year ago, and now I've been to four. So I'm out uh, there doing yeah. the work. I'm putting the work I, in. I'm broadening I've my added, horizons. I've added one additional last year. I'm adding another additional UK theme park this year. That Wales um, one does not count. If that's what you're going for, that's not a theme park. That's a fun fair at best. No, I went to Drayton Manor, didn't I? Oh, okay, fair. Yeah, Drayton Manor. All right, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. I'm going to Flambards this year. But Josh, the Festival of Fantasy Parade. I mean, come on, man. It's going to feature nearly 30 Disney and Pixar characters. <laughs> including including That's Miguel from Coco for the first time. Oh, Miguel. One of my favourites. Well, sign me up. And Poco Loco and all that stuff. Come on. Well, come if, on. if Miguel's not going to get me to Disney World, I don't know what is. What about Bruno? I think, well, we don't talk about him. No, I guess not. Um, Unless. I think, personally, I think you have to be uh, un Pocoloco uh, to maybe go to Disney World this year. But uh, Well, call me I- un Pocoloco, because that's what I am. What about Fantasmic? They still haven't said when that's coming back. Do you it's have a shame. any I really like or... I, I, I love Fantasmic. Insight. I haven't heard any, I don't think I've heard anything on Fantasmic. Um mm. That's an odd one. I don't I mean that would I, if it was in the UK that would definitely be back because it's an open air 
uh, theatre. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it wouldn't be open air in the UK, so... We can't do. They can't do fire, fireworks indoors. <laughs> I know it rains a lot and it's a bit nippy here, but we we can't do fireworks indoors. Well, we I'm would sorry. have uh, I don't know, redesigned, reimagined Fantasmic to be an inside celebration. Right. Well, we just do it with uh, Philips Hue bulbs or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not a sponsor. Fireworks, obviously, really bad for the environment anyway, so, you know. It's true. It's true. Get rid of them, I say. Scrap the lot. We don't want them Still there. more. We don't want them still here. more entertaining than the laser projection on the castle. That's what I'm going to say. Tell you what, there's some good fireworks, though, and completely fine, really, so far as the environment goes. Uh, the Magic Kingdom firework display inside Minecraft. Ugh which we experienced firsthand this week on the Park Rush Twitch channel, the highlights of our second foray into Minecraft's Magic Kingdom theme park are up on the Park Rush YouTube channel. Very good fun indeed, including, as I say, finally getting to experience Magic Kingdom fireworks. It's been a long time coming for me, but <laughs> delighted to have finally seen them for myself. Very impressive, very impressive. And yeah. not, not as crowded as usual, which was nice. No. You you come at me about not going to Disney World this year, and yet you still haven't seen Disney World fireworks. Well, I mean, I I have, but pure, but like as I have walked out of the park in disgust at how busy it is and how everyone just loses all sense of decorum when the, th- when the fireworks begin, there's... I feel like when you're going through your day at Disney, there's at least people at least pretend to to possibly be reasonable human beings. Not not <laughs> not a hundred percent of the guests, but I think more 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 than half. You know, the majority of the guests at least put on a front that they might yes. care about their fellow man or, or woman. However, when it comes to fireworks. People lose their goddamn minds. That, it's, yeah, that is uh, tr- unfortunately true. It's truly madness. So uh, it's a principled stance I take. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to lose myself to the fireworks. You know what I mean? I could never. I couldn't live with myself if I knocked a four-year-old child out of the way. So I could <laughs> get about. It's what people become. <laughs> That's what people become. Aho. Yeah. Well, I've seen. Uh... Evening performances at a variety of different Disney theme parks, Tom, across the globe. So uh, come at me. Oh well, you know, I, I've seen the Paris fireworks. I've seen the uh, the now the now gone Rivers of Light at Animal Kingdom. So you know, I've I've seen bits and pieces here and there. I'm not a total nighttime novice at, <laughs> at the Disney parks. So. <laughs> There we go. Anyway, let's crack on with the rest of this week's news. We are running a tight ship this week, but um, somewhat annoyingly, I guess, there is actually quite a lot that has come out this week and come up this week on the theme park news agenda. Uh, Let's just do a couple of quick hits, if you like, before we touch on some of the bigger headlines from the week. So in addition to an announcement about the Magic Kingdom parade coming back, the Nova Corps have arrived at Epcot ahead of the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Uh, a Nova Corps ship 
is uh, is, is being installed uh, in front of where the ride will stand. Looks pretty cool. I mean, very authentic to the films, as you would expect. And of course, this is the the big new marquee attraction for 2022, so far as Disney World is concerned. So I would imagine that they are going to milk this for all it's worth and we'll probably see, you know, more hype surrounding the bit-by-bit opening of this ride or arrival of this ride. So we'll probably have some character meet-and-greets in advance of the ride opening and that kind of thing, and they'll probably put on a big event when the time comes in the summer. Uh, yeah. I think this looks pretty cool, this uh, this big old ship. It's a, it's build- a cool-looking ship. The building's a bit monolithic-looking, so... You know, yeah, it's kind of a, weird. Like the uh, the one that they've t- the building that they've taken over, which I can never remember the name of, um, which is where the queue and uh, loading area is. It's kind of cool looking, and then behind that you've got the large slab that is the main ride building. But yeah, this is this is a really great uh, add-on uh, to really bring you into this area. I mean, I think the ride building itself, I suppose you could argue, does somewhat fit with the vibe of future world it kind of doesn't stand out too much next to something like spaceship earth but it is nice to have a a bit more of a shot of color and character outside in the form Mm. of this ship and maybe if though you know if there are to be guardians meet and greets potentially outside that might help liven it all up as well because, you know, Guardians, I think, of all the Marvel franchises, MCU franchises specifically, is one of the more colourful. And obviously the soundtrack is, uh, you know, the thing that a lot of people go to those films for, frankly. So I'm sure that will prove to be a, an important part of the ride as well. So you would expect it to have a, a real sense of energy to it that might not be immediately apparent from the outside. So... Yeah, 100%. I'm sure we'll see more of that over the coming weeks and months. In other Disney Marvel news, now I'm fairly sure we kind of knew this already, or you know, at least knew that this is what they were targeting. But I suppose you could say that Disneyland Paris have maybe reannounced the fact that its version of Avengers Campus will be opening at Walt Disney Studios Park this summer. It's kind of the 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 headline i suppose the highlight of the parks or the resort's 30th anniversary celebration i mean we were there of course for the uh, tail end of the summer of superheroes in oh, 2018 yeah. so you know if we managed to get ourselves back this year as has been mooted in one of our uh, in one of our group chats then you know this will be the real summer of superheroes for sure and I must admit, I'd forgotten that the Web Slingers Spider-Man Adventure Ride in California will be in in the Walt Disney Studios Park as well. So not only are we going to have the re-theme of the Rock and Roller Coaster, which we still don't know much about, but we will also get the Spider-Man Ride and we will get the PIMS Test Kitchen, I believe, too. Yep. So in some ways, you know, if if they deliver on the meet and greets too... This could be the definitive Avengers Campus experience. And I suppose the potential is there for them to 
go even further right because they aren't bound by the you know the weird contractual situation that exists in the u.s when it comes to how and where exactly disney can use their marvel characters i hope all the superheroes speak with french accents i think that would be great fun (laughs) that would be good yeah i'm looking forward to it i think you know so far this is going to be the best campus out there you know disneyland paris represent You'd certainly hope so. Michael Eisner is is laughing. They said it. They said it wasn't possible. They said it couldn't be done. They told him it was yeah. a stupid idea. And now look, now look. This, this is the park. This park, you know, with the uh, additional, you know, if uh, if Star Wars comes online and the uh, the potential Frozen Land comes online, uh, this is this is going to be the park. I, I'm going to say. Could well be certainly in the yeah. certainly in the Western world. Yeah, you know, I, I think those Japan parks would would want to have a word. Anyone saying we've got the definitive Disney park? I think Tokyo Disney would be like, all right, mate, yeah. come over here. You know, see what we've got going on. But I Paris is Paris is making a play. Paris is making a play. So that's very exciting. Uh, they've also said or announced a couple of the other bits that they'll be doing to celebrate the 30th anniversary. We talked about the fireworks shows, that Paris fireworks show, one of the few that I've seen, of course, but they're, they're going to have a drone show over the Sleeping Beauty Castle uh, as part That's of a new cool. pre-show for their Disney Illuminations uh, fireworks show and, and projection show onto the castle, which already exists. It's going to have a new theme song attached to it as well. I, I think drone shows are... As impressive as fireworks displays, and better for the environment. That and is true. Also better than uh, laser projections. Some have <sighs> described the Park Rush podcast as a drone show, just droning on. Oh, oh. Yeah. And, and have you seen the controversy, Josh? Disneyland Paris has gone all woke because they've uh, like, they made Minnie Mouse. Not Minnie Mouse can't even wear a dress anymore. They're making her wear like a jump a jumpsuit. What's going on with all this wokeness? <laughs> I, I, I believe it's called a pant suit, Tom. Because she. Uh, uh, what? Why should Minnie what? Mouse wear pants? No. Or a tr- or a trouser suit. I guess you, you could potentially uh, say. Okay. It's got all woke. That's a good lady. Don't wear trousers. I think it's a rather fetching number. No, it's a wokeness, mate. It's a disgrace. Not even... What is the world coming to when not even Minnie Mouse can show off a leg? (laughs) Well, yeah. yeah. uh, I guess she's never really... Because she's always worn quite dark tights anyway right so is, does she wear tights is that the implication there that I, that's always I, been my I, implication I, but i guess that um right I, guess it, you... oh, I don't know maybe it maybe google a, it maybe do it in incognito color. mode does yeah, Minnie mouse wear weird. tights well while you're doing that I probably won't do, I probably won't <laughs> actually do that no oh fine okay well oh, i'll do it after do. The, I'll, I'll do it do it do it after the show yeah, there was. Uh, this got picked up in some of the mainstream media for some reason. The fact that Disneyland Paris have 
redesigned Minnie Mouse's outfit to celebrate the 30th anniversary. Well, not just Disneyland Paris. They, in fact, they got Stella McCartney to do it. So Stella McCartney has designed this. What did you call it? A pantsuit or a trouser suit? A, pan- a pantsuit, yeah, is what you'd call it in America because it's you're wearing pants. Right. Okay, fine. So, yeah, Minnie Mouse at Disneyland Paris, presumably. That will be the only place where she dons this new outfit. So, uh, yeah, go. I believe so. Um, it's for, I think it's, I believe it's for International Women's Rights Day, which is March 8th. Um, she's also oh, okay. designed a Minnie Mouse t-shirt for the day that will go on sale on that day. Right. Fair enough. So have you found out whether or not Minnie Mouse wears tights? Uh, Google is... I, I, I think I'm mistaken. I think it's actually just her skin colour. Uh, well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'd long suspected that. But, yeah, that, you I know, mean, that makes you a lot do, more sense. You do you. You do you. Yeah. Well, there we are. Stella McCartney designing Minnie Mouse's clothes now. That's that's nice for her. Uh, we have said, by the way, a, a few times this year that, hey, the theme park industry really coming out fighting. Looks like it's going to be a good year. There's only a couple of major theme parks, really, that are still dragging their feet when it comes to reopening. And it's not really their fault. It's because of the governments of the countries in which they reside. But good news, Josh, because one of those theme parks that until just a couple of days ago had not been able to open so far in 2022, was Efteling in the Netherlands. That has now opened. So its 70th anniversary celebrations can finally begin. And not content with just the excitement surrounding those celebrations, they have also announced that they're going to have a new hotel and a new indoor ride coming in 2024. That's great news. That's exciting stuff. Mm. Looking forward to getting there this year. Yeah, that would be good. This European theme park road trip idea, I hope, can It'll come happen. to fruition. It's going to happen. Will the road will the will the road trip reach New York potentially, Josh? Because also announcing its reopening is Legoland New York that will be back on April the eighth. That's good news. Um, will it hit New York? Uh, it's, it's it's a bit of a. I don't know if we can drive there. Uh, or get a train. I think it'll be tough, but uh, we, we can see. I'm, again, I also feel a bit weird going to Legoland as an adult without kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's actually illegal in the US, like it, because clearly it is here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's written into law, the Legoland yeah, Act. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a debate in the House of Commons. Uh, yes, absolutely. House of Lords passed it without any uh, <laughs> objections. I mean, Legoland New York. It's an interesting one because it's the only seasonal Legoland park in the US. I mean, the Florida one is, I I would argue, the marquee Legoland park in the US. I mean, it has to be, given the competition. But this one being seasonal means that it's been disrupted even more by COVID because its first season was kind of curtailed. So they'll be hoping that this is the first proper, full-on, we-don't-have-to-close-early season that it can have once it is back in April. So that's fun. And they've announced a couple of new additions as well for 2022, uh, namely a new water playground in Lego City. So if if you weren't keen to get there already, Josh, you can run around in your in your speedos, go down some <laughs> epic water slides with Emmett and the gang. 
I, I assume. Great. Yeah. The wall part looks quite good, you know. I, I'm, the, the, the good thing about Lego is you can have this, like, construction aesthetic and it will work with, you know, so you can hide the pipes and the and uh, the structures in, in Lego-themed construction works and it, and it works well. That's true. That's true. I mean, one would hope, though, that given you'll be running around in barefoot, that they'll have cleaned up all the Lego bricks off the floor. You you do not want to be stepping on a Lego brick whilst in a water playground. Absolutely, sand is just a little yellow. Uh... <laughs> oh, can you imagine? It'll be like one of those trials, you know, that you do in like a in a spa. You know, walking on hot coals, just walking across <laughs> Lego bricks to get to the water playground. One, oh yeah, one of those trials you do in a spa. Do they not? I mean, that feels like the kind of Ponzi thing they'd get you to do in a Ponzi spa, in like a really sort of upmarket one somewhere, you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's that sounds like a GTA spa to me. <laughs> I'm sure those places are real. Come a on, a lot of G, a lot of what happens in GTA is now real. So you know. Well, exactly. GTA has has is. I mean, real life is beyond the potential for parody in a GTA game at this point. So I, I, you know, I think if you see something in GTA, chances are it is in fact something that exists in real life to an even more ridiculous degree. Right. Yeah. Let's now do this holy trinity of universal bits and bobs, shall we say. I, I hesitated to say news because some of this is not official. We'll start with the, the two bits that absolutely are, real one of them we know is real because it is a shop that is open and people can go into so if you can't trust that josh what else can you trust frankly so we did speak previously about the fact that uh, replacing the revenge of the mummy sahara traders gift shop while that ride is down for refurb would be a new tribute store themed around the classic monsters as a whole not just the mummy that is now open and this looks really cool i remain Sad that I missed the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World tribute store that was open for a period last year. That looked absolutely awesome. But this also, I mean, this looks similarly great. It's just that I have way more affinity for Jurassic Park than the classic monsters. But they have done a really nice job with this. It's fantastically themed and decorated and the merch looks fun too. So I'm looking forward to check this out. checking this out. Have you had a chance to have a poke around some of the pictures and video that's come out? Of the, of the I have, store. Yeah. As uh, I think we've mentioned previously, uh, they, they do a really good job of these shops, these stores, um, and the, the theming of it, you know, some of the best themed shops going, I would say, is these pop-up shops. Do you think there's any uh, potential hints in here, nods at all towards what may become part of that rumoured classic monsters land at Epic Universe. I've seen some excitement around uh, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, He's got quite a nice spot in the the shop. Alongside, I think, because I think, you know, any any old person would walk in here and expect to see the mummy and Dracula and Frankenstein. Those are the absolute A-listers. The creature from the Black Lagoon, maybe not quite, to that level with all due respect to the fella but no, you know right. if potentially you were gonna maybe think about anchoring your new classic monsters land on or maybe not anchoring it but 
giving giving a, a big chunk of the land to the creature from the Black Lagoon, maybe maybe you'd start to be like, oh, you, you know, introducing this guy to to guests who might not be as familiar with his work. Yeah, I, I would, the creature from the Black Lagoon, I'd really like to see a lot more of. Um, the Invisible Man, I'm a big fan of. I think he could have a really cool vibe. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, in, there's not much you can do to see more of the Invisible Man. That's kind of a, it's kind of its thing. It's true. Um, you know, I think they're they're too, especially the creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, underrepresented classic monsters, and I think if they could do something with the creature, then oh boy, I think that'd be really good. Um, always big fan of underwater rides, so maybe that, maybe I don't think this really realistically feasible these days but something something like that would be cool i think if you know if you haven't been able to get there yourself yet and uh are looking forward to checking it out yourself or if perhaps unfortunately you don't feel like you're going to get out there in time then the best place to go would be uh well or, or the worst place to go if you want to get a look at this thing from afar uh, then the best place to go is orlando park stop uh, if you really don't want to see it because it will make you sad about the fact that you can't go, then maybe don't go to Orlando Park Stop. Uh, this is about as good as it gets, or as bad as it gets, if you can't go yourself to the mm. Classic Monsters Tribute Store. There's no word yet on exactly how long this is going to be open. One would assume that it will fall just short of the return date for The Mummy, because presumably they will you know, close it and... and return it to its original form uh, before the ride reopens. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. One would imagine that it will be in place for, you know, probably at least four or five months, one would hope, uh, mainly because I would like to see it myself. Mm. It's a, uh, here's a one for you, Tom, real quick off of the back of this. Uh, obviously, there's the rumours of the Classic Monsters area, which is, I mean, I think that's pretty much guaranteed at this point, right? The amount of rumours we've seen. Um, do you think at some point the mummy ride shuts down and a new mummy attraction opens in the classic monsters land? Oh, that is a good question. I don't know. I would say probably not. I just think that, I mean, this, this version of the mummy or the mummy experience at theme parks is synonymous with the Brendan Fraser movies. Right. And this mummy is not, that is not the classic monsters form of the mummy. I feel like from what I understand of this rumoured classic monsters land, this is very much going to be as if you've walked into those uh, original films, not the remakes yeah. or the reimaginings from uh, from decades later. So I don't know necessarily, I, you know, like a, a Revenge of the Mummy style attraction in the classic monsters land, I don't think would fit but i also don't think you would just go ahead and straight up make a more uh, a more classic monsters uh, version of a mummy ride there because you would just be asking for trouble and drawing comparisons i think you've seen it across different parks right like i know they're very different and maybe we shouldn't do this but it's impossible not to compare disney spider-man ride to universal spider-man ride for example yeah. So I, I just feel like they'd be asking for trouble there, really. And also, it would just, you want that thing, you want Epic Universe to try and offer things that you haven't seen before as much as possible. And I think if you opened up there with, oh, hey, uh, there's a different mummy ride over here, 
it would maybe seem a bit strange. I mean, I wouldn't put them past them closing Revenge of the Mummy at some point in the future, but the fact that they're giving it this refurb, I think, would suggest that it's going to be hanging around for a good while to come. Just, of course, if the rumours are to be believed, without Brendan. (sighs) Done him dirty, man. Done him dirty. I mean, I'll accept it, albeit with a heavy heart, if they just replace him with Rachel Vise. I could go for that. That'd be an interesting twist. uh, Well, you know, Josh, they're putting Minnie Mouse in a pantsuit. Why not replace Brendan (laughs) Fraser with his wife? I think they should just get modern-day Brendan Fraser to do it. I agree. I think that would be fun. Yeah, like come back to him. He could either be playing someone else or Rick at a different point in his life. That could be. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. That could be fun, but we'll have to wait and see exactly what they do. I, I do think. I think I'm leaning towards some form of Brendan involvement. I think they know, right, that people would be sad to see no Brendan whatsoever. So, I would expect yeah, he will be there right. in some form. Yeah, makes sense. We just have to uh, wait and see. You mentioned there the classic Monsters Land at Epic Universe. Again, I think much like the Avengers Campus uh, news from earlier, this is kind of a, a re-announcement, if you like. But Universal have said that Epic Universe will open in 2025, or maybe this narrows it down slightly. They've actually said by the summer of 2025. So I guess that means technically, Josh, it could open tomorrow. You know? It, it, uh, it give- yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just covering for what themselves. What else is first? This or Crossrail? This or the <laughs> London Resort? When will Epic Universe get a Crossrail station? Is the real question. Yeah, well, will it get a Brightline station? That's a that's a good question. <laughs> like, like it's more likely to get an Epic Universe station than a London Resort station, I would suggest. Well, Tom, uh, you mentioned that. I'll just say it quickly. Uh, planning permission, planning application was entered on the December. Th- 31st 2021 uh, and they're still saying that the first gate will launch in 2024 for london resort they are still saying that good one yeah i thought this was an interesting quote from the uh, ceo of comcast brian roberts disclaimer i guess i am i I am i am i'm kind of a comcast employee you could say comcast group yeah Anyway, he says, uh, if I look back over COVID, one of the things I wish we could redo was slowing down Epic Universe. Uh, This is a business that if you build wonderful attractions, there is pent up demand. We're going to make a fabulous park at Epic Universe and we're full steam. We're going as fast as we can now to make up for lost time. So, yeah, I mean, one of the big sort of unknowns when all the COVID stuff right. first started happening and we talked about it a lot on here was, oh, what does this mean for Epic Universe? And I think there was probably a point where we were quite sceptical about it, to be honest. But the bounce back for the theme parks has been quite extraordinary. And I think I saw a headline or I read somewhere this week that in some parts, I think in Orlando specifically, they're doing better now than they were pre-pandemic. I mean, you can say what you like, you can raise your concerns, you can think it's slightly mad. I, I, I mean, it's crazy to think to me given everything we've been through since the start of COVID, that these theme parks reopened, I think, in like June or, or, or May, maybe, of 2020. So they weren't closed for very long at all. Given you think about how long at points we have been locked in our homes here in the UK. Yeah. And the I, fact that in Florida, these theme parks, obviously they reopened with various rules in place or capacity restrictions and, and whatever for you know at times. But 
in terms of just full-on closures, they were only shut for about two and a half months. Just Probably, seems yeah. kind of crazy to me. But uh, yeah, they're, they're doing well now. Obviously, they will hope that 2022 is a big year because they should see a lot more international tourists. Obviously, there are all the celebrations at Disney World. That will probably benefit Universal as well. So, and of course, we've talked about as well. Even even SeaWorld and Bush have got some really cool looking new rides this year. So, should be a big year for the Florida parks. And they're right to have confidence that Epic Universe, that the demand will be there for Epic Universe. You know, if there were doubts about that in 2020, I think they are all gone now. Yeah. And they're right to push on full steam ahead. And hopefully, hopefully. It absolutely hits that summer 2025 target, but if it can arrive a little earlier than that, that would be very welcome too. And hopefully we start to hear in the not-too-distant future some more sort of concrete information about exactly what is going to be at this park, although Universal, of course, are kind of notorious for taking their time with uh, confirming details about new rides, so I wouldn't be surprised if they'd take a while to tell us more. Yeah, the park will be open before we announce them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Opening day, people rock up. So, what is in here exactly? Oh, we've got uh, classic monsters and uh, how to train the dragon, fantastic beasts, and where to find them at the back of the park next to yeah the Pokemon fantastic, or something. Fantastic beasts. Where can I find them? Uh, they're at the back. Um, it's not going to be Pokemon, is it? It's just going to be Nintendo World. The Mario and the the stuff Japan will have had for years by the time this uh, wahoo yeah happens. remains right. to be seen if Japan will have reopened for tourists by 2025. <laughs> Who could say? <laughs> Never again. Anyway, uh, anything to add on Epic Universe? The uh, the only remaining thing I have is it, it's kind of Epic Universe adjacent, I guess you could say. I'm looking super. I'm looking forward to it. Um... Just yeah. momentarily forgot how to speak there. Yeah, um, yeah, super looking forward to it. Uh, it should. It's looking like it's going to be a really great and kind of uh, game changer in a way of how theme parks are done potentially. Oh, speaking of game changer, oh. Josh, uh, another story from Orlando Park Stop who've been digging through some patents here, and they've uh, found one from Universal. That according to Orlando Park Stop, Alicia Stella specifically, of course, uh, a new pattern that seems to describe a new type of interactive game that not only adds interactive features to a theme park, but also incorporates the collecting and trading of physical objects. Hmm, this seems like it could be applied in a fairly coherent and cohesive way to a Pokemon land. Would you not agree, Josh? Whoa. Maybe. I, you know, if Alicia Stella reckons it might, then I am fully on board. You know, she's very good with this sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a wearable device by the looks of things. I mean, it does look quite bulky. I don't think this would be because, of course, you've already got the 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 bands. I can't remember what they, they're, they're the power up bands are. They at the Super Nintendo World or in, in Japan, which allow uh, yeah, you to you got, you got the Tapu Tapu at Volcano Bay. Yes, yes. But I guess the power-up bands at Nintendo, that they are already kind of designed in a way that allow Universal to almost gamify parts of the land, yeah. like punching the power-up blocks and collecting coins and things like that, linking them up to the app. So they've already dabbled in this. 
And this feels like it could be a natural extension of what the power-up bands can do. Of course, the idea of them also being able to incorporate kind of physical items does make you think of what it could do in a Pokemon-themed environment with trading cards and Pokeballs and all the kind of... Jesus Christ, I mean, of all the theme park lands in the world, a Pokemon land, I mean, the merchandising potential there is... It's absolutely mad. Off the it makes chain. you one really does make you wonder like how has no one done this already? Well, like I mean there's already like 500 odd uh, plushies you can make. So there you I go. I know. I mean it must it must be one of the very most merchandisable properties ever. Like ever. Yeah. There's so much of it. Even even in the, I mean, there are a couple of Pokemon official Pokemon stores in the world. I think they're all in Asia. I mean, there's there's definitely sense. one in Tokyo. There's one in the one I've been to is the one in Singapore Airport. It's a really cool store, and there's a lot of like neat stuff in there. But you know, it's an airport store. It's not it's not huge, and yet there's already a ton of stuff even in there. So just imagining that on the scale of a theme park land is is great yeah, and obviously with pokemon go and this uh, newfound fast or re-finding of the fascination around the pokemon cards with all the youtubers you know spending absolute fortunes on cards and that sort of thing it's become big business again so big opportunity mm. here definitely definitely and i'd highly recommend i mean the the, the write-up alicia stella's done is exhaustive there's there's of diagrams from the patterns that she's uncovered that are worth taking a look at. Uh, some of them do look slightly scary to me. There's one that seemingly perhaps implies the ability f- for guests to interact with some sort of drone-looking device using uh, using the thing they've got strapped to their arm. I don't know how I, how I would feel about guests potentially being able to interact with drones, but, you know... <laughs> Who knows? We may have come a long way uh, by by the time there's a Pokemon land somewhere in the world. Who could say? Mm. Yeah, who can say? I don't have much hope. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it. As I say, uh, I, I need to get out of here fairly sharpish and go to go to my actual job. I know it's hard to believe this is not my actual job. Maybe one day it could be, but it's unbelievable. We need to set up a Patreon. Uh, if that was ever yeah. going to happen, and uh, Pastor John would need to be donating an awful lot of money. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll also accept, you know, payments via email or, or just messages, and uh, you can get in touch with the show podcast at parkrush dot com. You can also tweet us at parkrush podcast. As mentioned earlier, we are on Twitch and YouTube, Parkrush Podcast on both of those platforms, and of course, the podcast itself. You know, the podcast that you're listening to right now, Listen. you can find that at parkrush.com as well as every previous episode. And we are available on all good podcasting apps and even the bad ones like the ones that allow COVID misinformation to uh, spread rampantly. Yeah. So, you mean. so I, I couldn't possibly comment, Josh. Overcast till I die. That's all I'm saying. Well, that's... Uh, that's a principal position to take, but you can only have so many principles about this given that our hosting provider 
is basically <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> yes. So with that, we will take our leave. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.